episode of Pocket Law Talks. This is your host, Brad. Filling in for again for Adam this week is Bill. Hello again. And over at the controls is uh, producer Devin. Hey, how's it going? So it is holiday season. Uh, this is being courted shortly before Christmas time. So we're going to take a little bit lighter uh, look at the criminal side of the law than we do. We have been doing in the last few episodes and talk about some of um, just criminal cases where the criminal maybe didn't act so wisely. So. Yeah, the Delphi stuff got us fucked up. We figured you might want something a little bit lighter. So we got a bunch of dumbass criminals for you. Stupid things that they do in the commission of the crime or afterwards. It might make you laugh a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this with a personal uh, dumb criminal story. Uh, my dad, as I grew up as a kid, my dad was always in the bank- banking industry. Um, worked his way up. Super cool success story. Ended up being the president of a couple different banks. Uh, when I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, it wasn't infrequent that if the alarm went off at the bank, they would call my dad. It was a locally owned bank. It wasn't like a big, you know, it wasn't like Chase or one of the big corporate guys. It was all locally owned right there in, in little city of Marion that we lived in. And when he would get a call, almost always, it was just a false alarm. And he would go there, check it out with the police, and then everybody would go home. Well, one Saturday night, I believe it was, early, late evening, he got a call. I was doing something with him at home, so I asked if I could go along for a ride. Against his better judgment, he let me go with him. Uh, we go there, and there was a door in this back alley to the bank that was not secured with an alarm like it probably should have been, and it was broken into. So we get there, and there actually had been a break-in. So then he was like, oh, shit, why did I let my son come? Um, but anyways, uh, the... The gentleman got into the bank without setting off the alarm because this back alley door wasn't uh, properly alarmed. And he found the recording room. So he took out back then it was actually a VHS tape for those youngins out there. Don't know what that is. We used to actually record things on tape. Uh, And he destroyed that. So he did a good job of destroying the video evidence. But how he set off the alarm was he thought that a safe... Uh, it wouldn't have a, a, a top to it. So he climbed up in the ceiling rafters, um, fell through a couple times because there's several different holes, and then he saw that there was a top to the safe, and then he proceeded to try to take the door, and this is a big walk-in safe, uh, proceeded to try to take the door off by unscrewing the hinges. Well, when he unscrewed the hinges on the, or tried to unscrew the hinges on the alarm, or on the, the safe, that set off the alarm and he fled. Before he had done all that, though, he had, perused through the uh, desk drawers of the employees, and that included my dad's desk. Well, they developed him eventually as a suspect, did a search warrant of his home. When he had gone through my dad's desk, he had actually picked up a digital handheld recorder and stolen it out of my dad's desk. Well, they found that in the search warrant. Well, his dumbass had accidentally hit the record button, and it recorded a conversation where he was bragging to his buddy about having broken into the bank. So he recorded his own confession on his stolen digital recorder uh, that he had gotten out of the bank that day. I will say, it isn't that stupid to, like, check the roof of the safe. Like, obviously, it's going to be covered, but if you're already in that bitch, like, you might as well just see if they just ended it at the ceiling. Like, maybe you could just climb in there. The question is how the hell he'd get out. <laughs> That's a good point, too. I don't know that he thought that far. Uh, but uh, breaking news for those of you that might want to try to heist a bank in the future, 
there is a top to the safe. Uh, the walk-in safes are fully uh, enclosed all the way around. Uh, but the fact that he actually recorded himself, his own confession was just sort of a classic um, clown act by, by a criminal. So before we dive into the rest of these stories, um, I would prefer all of these to be, of course, the stuff that we've seen and experienced in the firm. However, Brad is a little bit pussy. He doesn't want to stray amongst the lines of like giving too much information and you know breaching that confidentiality that we have as a law firm. I feel like there's ways to go around it, but Brad doesn't think so. So a lot of these are stories that aren't related to the firm. We're able to give more specifics because we don't truly know who these people are. Um, we might have some anecdotal stories to throw in here and there, but despite the funny shit that we see sometimes, b- between usually the sad shit, none of that that we know that has been clients of ours is going to be talked about in these stories. And our clients are all wonderful, intelligent people that would never do anything like anything we're about. Yeah, I mean, to they're about. they're largely innocent, so they're, right. you can't you can't be. Uh, committing a crime, or you can't make a bad, you can't make a stupid crime if you're not doing any crime at all. Exactly. So yeah, when you when you're representing the mostly innocent, uh, you just don't have that many good stories. But no, there are uh, obviously there's confidentiality things we have to deal with here on our side. But um, these stories are non-client related. So if uh, if any of our clients are listening, and they think it sounds uh, eerily similar to something they were maybe a part of. It's not. He's, uh, a matter of fact, these were pulled out as things like Reader's Digest and, and the like. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about involves um, a little runaway incident. So the police were uh, doing an investigation in Ossing, New York. They were called out to a mini mart. They were going at, they were looking for a uh, individual, or they found an individual there who was trying to break in. His name was Blake Leak. He's a 23-year-old. Um, they chased him through the streets. Until uh, during the chase, both cops, you know, this 23-year-old, the cops couldn't keep up. They fell down, uh, didn't didn't get him. But through the fleeing, Leek was trying to find a good place to, to hide, and he sought refuge, uh, refuge on this very large building. Uh, what he didn't know was the large building he sought refuge in was the Sing Sing Maximum Security Prison where he was promptly nabbed by one of the prison guards. Yeah, so he hid on the prison and got caught by a prison guard. Why, why would there be a prison guard outside of the prison, though? Like, do they, they don't patrol the grounds, do they? I mean, I know they can, they can have, like, towers and whatnot, but that'd be a long-ass walk. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't know this, to be certain, but I'd, I, I would imagine that they do periodically walk the grounds. I know um, when I was a prosecutor in Hamilton County, there was a, a one of the— Sheriff deputies was on routine patrol on the building, so they would literally walk the floors and walk the outside of the grounds every so often uh, throughout the day. So maybe he just uh, stumbled upon one of those guys, but pretty dumb to. to I mean, I guess if you're if you're gonna get caught, you've taken yourself yeah, right to a place you're gonna stay. You're already there. Fuck it. Check out your new digs. If you're the guy that's trying to break in to a mini mart, I feel like you should probably know where Sing Sing is. I feel like that should be on your radar. I mean, yeah, it's kind of break into a mini mart. That's prison, a famous prison. Prison isn't small to begin with. I mean, and if you look at it on Apple Maps, because I had looked it up, it is like kind of just in the middle of town. The prison is, but the road right in front of it is called like State Road or something. So I mean, that should be a huge. It's <laughs> a classic tell. Yeah, a huge sign not to go there. What I think is crazy though, when police like are chasing down a subject, 
how sometimes that they can find people just in the craziest spots. Like, I mean, you'll see where they've captured people like in a trash can or hidden underneath someone's house. I mean, it's just crazy that like they can really block off a wide area and really look through that shit and find you. Well, and if you're unlucky enough that they're using a canine, that usually doesn't end well. Uh, well, most most of the most of the chases that are where they're found underneath somebody's home, it's because some a, a dog has sniffed them out, and then they will typically use the dog to get them out from underneath it, which doesn't end well for the for the suspect. Uh, the next uh, story we're going to talk a little bit about is a trio of drug thieves. Uh, they broke into a home in Silver Springs, Florida, and thought they hit the jackpot. They thought they they confiscated what they believed to be three large jars of cocaine. So hey, let's go party it up. They take it home. They snorted the contents. They then discovered that in fact the jars were in urns, and what they were snorting were the cremains. The the cremains, the actual cremated, ashes, cremated remains. Of the victim's husband and two dogs. So instead of snorting a little cocaine, they uh, snorted some uh, actual ashes of animals and people. Imagine thinking, like, you break into a house and you expect just any random house to have a shitload of drugs in it. I would feel like that's something, especially left out like that, is not something that you're going to really run into. But considering they were probably itching for some coke, that's probably exactly what they hoped it would be. But I wonder how much they snorted before they realized. I was just going to say, at what point were they, like, I'm not high, I just want to They do four lines, right and now. they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, what's crazy <laughs> is they probably would have did more and more thinking it was, like, really weak or something. Right. Ugh, you'd have the sniffles for, like, the next day and a half, and I would be thrown up every time uh, I had the sniffles. Can't even think about Feeling it. that go down, like, your throat or be in your stomach or whatever. Snorted somebody's ashes. Uh, that's disgusting. Do you oh, think it's they, worse, a person or a dog? Well, I was just going to say, do you think they took on any dog tendencies, like the dogs live within them? <laughs> like they're sitting there snorting it and like, I'm not high, but I'm going to I'm gonna scratch my ear with my foot. They're now furries. Yeah. As, like, oh, stupid, or that. <laughs> as stupid as it is to like think of like they were stupid, imagine like how mortifying that'd be if like that was your significant other's ashes. <laughs> and these right. Fucking crackheads come steal it and start <laughs> snorting it. Oh, my God. Well... We were going to spread Johnny on uh, his favorite lake where he used to fish all the time. Instead, he's now in the internal, inner uh, nostril regions of... Uh, of a crackhead. <laughs> you have to be a crackhead, too, to think that cocaine just <laughs> stored in three urns, right, three jars. Right, in a random right. person's house. I'm right. not a cocaine guy, but I, I feel like that's not where people store their cocaine. <laughs> Something that's as fancy as an urn. On a mantle, Yeah, you'd have what to I have imagine. Because I would imagine you're not going to sell cocaine in massive urns unless you're like Pablo and you're trying to, you know, get it on planes or food trucks or whatever. So, like, that uh, presumably would have to be, they probably thought it was personal of whoever's person, like that person. And, I mean, that's a lot. I would imagine that'd be a lot, of, like, a lot of money. Well, it looked like a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I mean, they really did probably think they hit the jackpot for sure. Uh, next one, we're going to play a little clip. That uh, well, we'll have another storyteller tell this story uh, from an, an, another episode of another show. Uh, but it's really a funny story, so let's take a listen. What'd you have? Some marijuana, sir. You under the influence of marijuana right now? Yes, sir. Okay. You did some meth. Yeah, it was like two hits. I tell you right now, it didn't have nothing to do with that. How long ago did you? Two hits? No, about thirty minutes ago. Right before you came up, she fired up a bubble and she. Re- he hit it a couple times, and that dude tried to come up in the house. Hell no! Relax, relax, no. relax. Her. Oh, yes, sir, I will relax. Somebody call Brian! Come on, come on, Richard. Yes, sir. Sit down. 
Well, I ain't going that car. Richard. I feel okay. like I'm, I'm being threatened right now because y'all, man, you're in my space. I like arm distances and stuff because I feel like it's threat. This is my beliefs. I have the right hey. to feel this way. You hey. are a threat. Relax. I will. You did two hits of meth earlier. Nah, I'm smoking some marijuana. I'm a marijuana smoker. Marijuana and some meth. Meth. Okay. Yes, sir. Victims tell me that there was some spice involved, too. <laughs> I just think it, how he'd get so aggressive, and they're like, hey, man, just calm down. And he's like, okay, I will be. And then <laughs> they ask him about uh, his drug use, and he, he acknowledges doing marijuana, which they probably would not have figured out figured it was such a big deal. And they said, well, what oh, about the meth? You, it wouldn't make you act like that. <laughs> so, well, I smoked meth 30 minutes ago, but that has nothing to do with how I'm acting right now. <laughs> you know, that's a little convenient. And then I did some meth. <laughs> I like arm distances and stuff. That's just my personal beliefs. I feel like you guys are a threat right now. And, of course, in the video, which you guys haven't been able to see, he's just shirt completely off, nothing but basketball shorts or draws, whichever the two, and he's, like, doing flips in the middle of a street. So you're typical. Whatever you can think of in your mind is probably 99% correct. <laughs> he's, he, he was having a good day. Uh, the next story we're going to jump into is really the, you know, it's an example of a, a wife kind of selling the, the husband down the river. So this is out of Fresno, California. Um, there, was a, there was a DUI checkpoint. So, you know, how checkpoints work. When you're going through a checkpoint, they stop. Uh, it's randomized, but they stop every so many cars. So if you're, if you're stopped, the next three or four cars are usually going to pass through uh, without an issue. So... Uh, this lady is driving down the street. She goes through the DUI checkpoint. She gets stopped. Uh, she's what they appear to be pretty intoxicated. And she throws out uh, this little gem of information. She says, my husband's right behind me, and he's even drunker than I am. So how does she get arrested? Be like, that bitch. <laughs> now we both going to jail. How, how am I going to bail you out? I'm picturing him behind her. It's like, play it cool, honey. Play it cool. You got this. You're fine. We'll get through this. And then they all get behind you, too. And if it's a checkpoint, he was going to get through almost for sure. Yep. Yeah, that. Sold him right out. That, uh, that'd uh, be grounds for a prenup mid or middle of a marriage. Post-nup. Yeah, post-nup, because I'm about to divorce your ass. You didn't hold it down. The next story we're going to talk about involves a, a lady checking into a hotel at Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She walked up and asked uh, the clerk for a room. The clerk wasn't a clerk, though. It was a state trooper. And the hotel was actually a state trooper station. And that's when she got picked up for and arrested for driving while intoxicated. So she drove herself what she believed to be a hotel that was actually a police station. Try to rent a room, and it's actually the jail. I mean, as dumb as it is, they were probably just super fucked up, and then and their heart was in the right place. I mean, they were trying to they were trying to you know get to a hotel or something. Just a little quick notification. Unfortunately, uh, Bill is a is a young parent, and if any of you know uh, from having gone through the daycare days, there are times when. You know, whatever reason, kids just throw up. Well, that just happened to Bill's kids. So we're going to finish the rest of this episode with just myself and producer Devin today. So if you wonder why all of a sudden Bill's mic has gone quiet, that's why. Yep, he's gone. His, his daughter's going to be fine. Just one of those things, uh, parent parent duties took over. So I'm going to jump back into this. Devin's going to tell us our, our next uh, funny 
criminal story. Yep, we had to take a little bit of a pause, so if it sounds, you know, a little jumpy, that's that's exactly why. <clears throat> so this next one, this same thing just happened in Nevada where it was a Walmart, uh, and basically these people came in to steal and left. You know, they were shoplifting, and it was actually, like, a bunch of cops there. So this one, it was a back-to-school event at an office supply store. So these guys, not knowing that, did some shoplifting, and it at since it was their back-to-school event, they had shop with a cop going on, and there was, like, about 60 police officers to help children pick out school supplies, and they were already in the building and were, you know, easily able to apprehend. I mean, especially if they weren't there, you might have one or two cops come. When you shoplift something and you see 60 cops on your ass, like, I'm, I'm shitting myself. Like, it's uh, it's a wrap. You might want to check out... Uh Store schedule. Yeah. With shop for cops. And this you same the thing store. just happened at a Walmart in Nevada. Like, I've seen it all over the news on Facebook about how they did that. And there was cops, like, at the front. But they had already, you know, passed by the scanners. If you look at a cop and turn right around, he's going to be on your ass. Like, he's going to wonder what you just did. So. We were talking off uh, line for just a second about some of these are really dumb criminals. Some of these are really bad luck. Uh, this one yeah. falls a little bit more into the bad luck. Yeah. I mean, you can't really... I, I mean, you'd kind of be able to tell what the hell's going on when you walk in the store. <laughs> you'd think if you see the cops there yeah. shopping around, you might want to pick a different day you or a different store. you see one or two, all right, red flag. You see five or six, something's going on. Like, I'm not... 60? Yeah. <laughs> there were 60. See a shitload of them? So, I, that one, I would say that one leans towards dumb. Next one is kind of just bad luck. On it is guys. bad luck as well. This is out of Sydney, Australia. There were two men, uh, they grabbed their machetes going into um, a bar in Sydney to demand the money. What they didn't know or didn't figure out before they went in, the club was hosting a biker's meeting that night. And, um, well, let's just say one of the robbers ended up in the hospital. The other one ends up hogtied with some electric wire in the bar. Yeah, so who says bikers are bad guys? Yeah, they're doing some good. I know. A little vigilante justice shutting down the... Machete armed robbery of the bar that night. So, of course, it's a machete <laughs> in Australia. You know what I mean? Because they can't have firearms. You got the outback. They can't. Yeah. They can't even have gel blasters out there. You know that? I didn't know that. Uh, like a soft, the the softball yeah, pellet guns. Yeah, they can't even have those. They can have anything that resembles a firearm. It's the same in Japan. I had seen uh, during their COVID restrictions. It was like a big thing that they were banning, and like people were really butthurt about it. This next one, this also just happened in the summer. Not this particular story, but it did make a lot of news. Robbie Rose lost his first place medal and was charged with a felony after it was discovered that he cheated in a Texas fishing tournament by stuffing a one-pound weight down the throat of a bass he'd caught. Officials became suspicious when they placed Rose's fish in a tank and it sank to the bottom. <laughs> this same thing happened over the summer, but there was a... The official... Like, they're all t- taking pictures and everything. The official, like, sticks his hand in the throat of the fish and, like, rips out weight. And he's like, there's weight in these fish. And people just start cussing him out, throwing stuff at him. The guy who, like, made the tournament is, like, screaming in their face. They end up getting arrested. I guess they found out because they threw the fish, like, just, they were just in a bucket or whatever. But you could see that their gut was, like, protruding out more than what it should. And it was, you know, in the shape of a circle. Turns out they put a bunch of weights in them. And, I mean, that's just... To me, that's so scumbagish because, one, it's a hobby. They, I don't even think he was winning that much, but for the ones where they do win a lot, like, some people can make that their livelihood. And, you know, they, they balls to the wall fish like they are experts at it. And then you lose to just some punk cheating. 
Well, that reminds me of a story. When I was a kid growing up, there was a gentleman from uh, the town I grew up in that ran the Boston Marathon. And I don't remember exactly where he finished, but he finished really high, like in the top 10. And so they uh, were a little shocked that this relatively newcomer to the racing world had somehow finished so high in the New York City Marathon. They don't have the technology they do today where they GPS chip everybody. But they went back through some security cameras and found out that he actually picked up the subway at one of the stops, took the subway halfway across town, got back up and joined the race in a different part of the race. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to enter a tournament or a a race like that, what's the point? You Uh, don't win anything for the Boston Marathon, do you? I think the winners maybe win some money. I'm not sure. Oh, they do? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, would you for 10th place? It's more of a pride thing, I think. Would you for 10th place, though? I mean, I I don't know. Especially back then. I, I thought it was like much. a charity thing, honestly. Some of them are. Some of them, there's prize money. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it's something you make a lot of money. It's more of a notoriety thing than anything else. Right. Get you known in the in the foot racing world. Exactly. So this next lady, I guess we could qualify her as a, a re- repeat customer. But at a really, this one falls into the dumb level for sure. So this is out of Somerset, Massachusetts. A uh, lady was arrested for breaking and entering. She was quickly caught thanks to her anklet bracelet that had GPS system on it. Uh, she had gotten caught or had gotten that from the police from being on probation for an early breaking entering case. So while on probation for breaking entering with a GPS bracelet, but which by the way, the GPS bracelets are pretty damn accurate within feet of I mean, your location. They, and they they make it known that it's a fucking GPS. <laughs> like, right, yeah, it's not a secret. That this was a GPS. This next one, this person's really stupid, too. This one's out of Canada. So this victim's jewelry was missing. The electronics were gone, and a window was smashed. So this lady was hysterical, and she called this police officer, Charanjit Maharu, of the Calgary Police. Calgary is, I'm pretty sure, a province or a providence in Canada. And she explained that while she's talked to the cop, her father's call, her father calls, she talks to her father in French and she explains to her father not to worry that it's all a scam. She wants to get insurance money. What she didn't know was that the cop also understood French and knew everything that she was saying in that moment. That says this cop spoke six languages. So it's a combination of dumb and bad luck. I mean, there's probably not a lot of, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call that. It's not bilingual, sectlingual, just multilingual. <laughs> well, police officers running around there. It, it's important that it takes place in Canada because a lot of Canadians speak French. I think it's like thirty or forty. So that part of it of does it. make it stupid. Yeah, French is like one of the primary languages there. Yeah, so like you should assume they might speak French, yeah, especially I, a police she, officer. She might have spoke like. Uh, Pharisee or whatever, and, and this cop may have known it. There's six different languages. Well, yeah, that I mean, that yeah. is kind of, that's where you're just kind of bad luck. You do the short straw on cops. Yeah. I, if you did it to an American cop, you'd most likely get away. We have another pre-recorded story of uh, an incident. Let's go ahead and play that, Devin. When you're committing a crime, there's one golden rule. Don't show your face. At Criminal College, that's the first lesson. It's top of the list. It's the motto of the criminal. One robber obviously didn't read the how-to guide before embarking on his first ill-fated heist. The intelligent and sharp Rodney Knight Jr. broke into the family home of a journalist and his son and stole two laptops, $400 in cash, and a windproof winter coat. After arriving home, Rodney concocted a cunning plan. He decked himself out in his brand new coat, switched on one of the laptops, and took a picture of himself wearing the coat and flashing the cash. 
He then posted his picture on his Facebook, or so he thought. Unfortunately for the 19-year-old, he had actually posted the picture on the account of the boy from whom he had stolen. So when the boy's friends logged in on their profiles, they were able to clearly see the smug mug of the man who had stolen the device. Not surprisingly, Knight was quickly caught and charged for his crimes. Next time, Rodney, read the manual, and don't experiment with a webcam. I mean, yeah, that's pretty stupid. I mean, it, it, if you're gonna use the laptop you stole to log into your social media, look at—I mean, Facebook. Look at the upper right-hand corner. Is it your profile? I mean, you're don't even into? like any good criminal knows just to sell this shit. I would think, like, if I wouldn't even bring it home because if it connects to your Wi-Fi, you probably get tracked just like that. They see whose IP, IP address, address is connected to it. But dude, if you're going to get on Facebook, um, yeah, I mean, walk into their account. He's destined for jail. <laughs> he's one of those people where he's just, he's trying to get that golden ticket to jail. That one really, that, that one really cracks me up. Cause I mean, it's pretty obvious when you're on your own Facebook account. I mean, do you start chatting with this guy's friends too? I mean, come right. on now. This next one had to happen somewhere in like New York, because that's the only type of place I could think of where, like police stations or like outposts are so close to where people can just walk in and out because you know there's a lot of foot traffic in big cities like New York and Los Angeles. So Christopher Oxley of Everett, Washington, was arrested for conducting a drug deal over the phone in the bathroom of the Everett Police Department. So, <laughs> I mean, so did he like he must have like walked off the street to go to the bathroom, and not realized he was in a <laughs> police station. Well, yeah. Why can't you just tell him, hey, it's gonna wait? It makes me wonder if like he was high or something. Maybe it was like a homeless guy, like trying to get out of the wind or whatever. Was there an officer taking a shit in the stall next to him over here? Is the drug deal right? <laughs> check for feet, man. <laughs> the next one is um, out of Nashville. Um, gentleman is James Washington. He uh, believes he's suffering a heart attack and he's gonna die. So he decides to come clean with the Lord. Confesses sins and confessed a 17 year old murder uh, that had gone unsolved, only to find out that he actually wasn't having a heart attack and not going to die. So he ain't that a bitch spending the rest of his life in oh. prison. Life is over regardless. <laughs> so I guess, uh, yeah, he that's got, just some terrible luck right there. That's bad way and dumb. I mean, once again, his heart was kind of. I mean, in the you right can survive place. a heart attack these days, so you better really think you're dying. He must have been pretty old. I mean, the 17 year old murder, he probably was like, it's my time to go. <laughs> and I mean, for that to be the first thing on his mind, it makes me think he'd been thinking about it. You know what I mean? Right, maybe he got some solace out of coming clean, anyways. But uh, I mean, I doubt it. You're in jail. You ain't getting yeah, solace. Yeah, if shit. you think you're, if you're because you think you're dying, you better be sure you're dying. You're dying. <laughs> so, this next one, a few months earlier, a man from Iowa City had his driver's license stolen. So, a few months prior, lost his driver's license. He worked as a bouncer for a club, and this thief. Shows up. He doesn't know he's the thief, but he shows up brandishing the bouncer's very own license as his form of ID. Now, that, I would think, is just straight dumb luck. And lucky for the bouncer. I mean, can you imagine? Imagine. Put your put yourself in that role of both the bouncer and the thief. Like, imagine you, you get some guy's ID. You kind of already a scumbag for taking the guy's ID. Like, come on now. And then you try to get into a bar with it. It had to have been like an underage kid or something. That's probably why they took it. And then 
lo and behold, the damn bouncer is the guy whose ID you stole. And you just stole it from a bouncer, so you're about to get your ass whooped. Well, can you imagine? You're going to the bar. You, you have to hand, hand the bouncer the ID. I mean, I, I if, if I was the bouncer, I'd look and see. I'd be like, what the f- Wait a minute. Hey, this is my fucking ID. I'd be like, where were just, you on X date at the X time? I, I would just look at the guy and be like, <laughs> show him the ID. I'm like, uh, come on, dude. Come on now. I don't know. I feel like you'd have a bit of a meltdown. You'd be like, wait a minute. This is this is fucking me. This, this is mine. <laughs> uh, this next one's kind of a, just a bad karma story. Uh, out of Ogden, Utah, two suspects were being questioned about a shoplifting they had done at a, uh, at a store. Uh, while they're being questioned, somebody broke into their car and stole a stereo and several other items. So that's a bad luck, bad hey, karma story right karma, there. Karma gets everybody equal in the end. And that's, that's just ironic more than anything. That's Definitely also think that's some bad luck. But I wonder if, like, their car was broken into while it was in the, like, police department's, like, lot or something. Because I've heard of that happening. Well, there, you always hear things where... Um, you know, when, there, when there's church, when there's funeral, you know, if somebody's in a police department, you're supposed to, if you see them, go there. In places where they know somebody's going to be in for a longer period of time, those are those are hot items to hit, including, uh, for that matter, funerals, people break into homes during those times. So, yeah, there's definitely chances and yeah, opportunity. You know where they're going to be, and you know they're going to be gone for at least, like, an hour. So that is going to be a wrap on our uh, little holiday episode of The Dumb Criminals. Hopefully you got a little kick out of that. We'll be back after the holidays with uh, getting back into our normal groove of hitting on some uh, interesting criminal-type stuff. We're still going to hit. We talked about bringing back an episode that deals with uh, forensics. We're still working on that episode. We'll continue to follow the Delphi uh, murder developments, too, and keep everybody up to date on that. Uh, Hope everybody has a wonderful, happy holidays, and we'll see you afterwards. Christmas. Bye.